And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Elevating IT Podcast. You're live with us right now. I'm Mike Brooks, and there's Frank DiBenedetto right there. That's me. Definitely what's, happening, what's happening this week, Frank? Uh, what did I tell you about this week? I don't know. The week went by pretty fast, it seems like. I got a lot done. Um, nothing too... Uh, nothing exciting? No, you didn't win like a lottery or, um, you know... Stumble upon a pot of gold, or no, not nothing really. I feel like it was a productive week. Like it wasn't. Uh, some weeks are tedious, you know. You feel like you fought your way through it, and this week mm-hmm. felt pretty good. You know, it was uh, I got a lot done. Working on a couple things on the MSP. Uh, wrapped up. Uh, I'm not going to mention the vendors. So I don't think that's fair to do. But uh, we added another uh, tool in our cybersecurity stack. So. <clears throat> pretty cool stuff. Um, some definitely some neat things out there, you know, cat, or ma- cat and mouse, right? So you, we come up with a tool and the hackers figure out a way around that. And I got to buy another tool to cover that. But that's uh, you know, the right thing to do, you know, keeping the clients educated. Um, well, I know what I, I know what I actually did too. It was kind of cool. Um, I've been meaning to do this and some clients asked about it. And I think it's a cool little value add for us to resell. It's um, Office 365 uh, email signature management it's automated so you know if you have like a like a team of say 30 people everyone's got a different signature it looks different you try to get people to make it look the same and it's like it's really hard it's like a full-time job uh, this one actually um, you put the info in your contact in office 365 so you make sure your name's spelled right and your phone number and stuff and then it merges it into a signature that you would you you as the business owner or you know whoever's in charge that would create and then automatically gets sent out with every email so you don't have to worry about it it goes out whether it's mobile or uh outlook or owa or whatever so it's pretty slick so we've we've been piloting it um in our own msp and uh now we've got a couple clients that are like yeah let's do this it's like it's like a dollar a month per user so you know it's small price to pay i think to uh have that professionalism. You could you could do banner ads and you know promotions. You can have different ones for the sales team versus the marketing team. So uh, <clears throat> that was actually pretty fun to work on. That was uh, something that wasn't cyber. Didn't make my brain hurt, and uh, you know, kind of cool. But anyway, that's awesome. <clears throat> Very awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, we're going to talk today about. Uh, Bouncing back from losing your biggest client or a big client, kind of, you know, uh, I, I teased this when I put out the uh, the live that we're going to talk about failures. And um, I think that's important, right? Because in sales, we, always, we, we have to learn to deal with that kind of thing, right? You're always going to hear no. If you're out there selling, you're going to get kicked down, man. You're going to get kicked down more than you get yes, right? You're going to hear no more than you hear yes. So I think it's kind of cool. I know you've got a really, you've got a really good story, you know, and uh, I thought I'd coax you to share that today and how you die. And more importantly, you like, like to revel in my misery, don't you, Mr. Brooks? <laughs> I like to, like, no, you know, it's a, it's an interesting, because um, when I first met you back, when I first met you, you were going through 
um, you know, also, I don't want to put you on the spot, you know, I want to get you personal, but you were going through stuff, right? And, and within that period, and I don't remember when that period of time was, but you, you actually had a pretty big setback in your business. I'll let you talk about it and share what you want to share. I'm just teeing it up and, and kind of forcing you to, to, to pull back the kimono, so to speak, right? Yeah, it's it's cool to hear that kind of stuff. It's motivating, I think, because, you know, the difference between success, successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people like yourself and you are, you just don't give up. I mean, you, I remember talking to you about that. You weren't, you know, it was it was a blow when it happened, but you weren't like, oh, no, what do I do or how am I going to survive? You just kind of hunkered down. You did your thing and, and you came out the other side fine and stronger and than ever. So it's a cool story. So I think the one thing you mentioned is accurate. First and foremost to get out is that everybody has stuff and that if you don't have it, you're going to have it. It's, it's called, it's life. And uh, <clears throat> I think the big thing there is to accept and recognize that, that nobody's immune to it. Um, you know, some, some have it worse than others, uh, but there's always stuff. And that's why I say be kind to everybody because you don't know what they're going through. And it is true. You know, there's been plenty of times in my, my younger self, you know, would be snarky or pick on somebody and, and you find out that they're going through something and you're like, oh, sorry. So, you know, as you get older and mature, you kind of a little more, uh, sensitive and aware of that. Um, so that, that, that I think is worth mentioning because I'm by no means unique in that respect. And this isn't a, a sob story. Um, I, I will, <clears throat> I will identify what you're talking about. Um, I did get divorced about, uh, <clears throat> about 10 years ago, I think it was. So, you know, it's, it's an event. My daughter was only a year old. Um, you know, I had the business, I was, it was growing. Um, you know, it happens. And uh, fortunately, because of the marketing that I did, I was able to, you know, keep that business growing and kind of idling uh, through. I had to pay a lot of money out. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, that that slowed the growth of my business a little bit, but I kept it going. <clears throat> and um, as I got towards the end of that, I had a client that um, was a big, pretty big client of ours. And we had, uh, we were leasing space from them. And so we were pretty entangled. And, you know, looking back, I would not recommend ever doing that, uh, you know, sharing space or cohabitating with your, uh, with a client is not a great idea because it, things don't go well. Uh, you're, you're, yeah. you're stuck. So I know somebody else who did that, by the way. I used to, and I don't mean to take you off track, but yeah. I had a good friends. I used to go up to their office once a month because we were all marketing people and we would work out of their office. They were working out of this big financial firm and it was, they got booted and <laughs> they lost the account, got booted. Yeah. I, I think that <clears throat> I, I would say that the relationship that we had with the client was only strained because they abused us because like we were there. So they treated us like, you know, we were just the, the IT guys. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's soured our relationship. Uh, nonetheless, there were two partners. Uh, the one we had the strong relationship uh, with, I guess, got overridden. And the one that we didn't have the strong relationship made the decision that they were going to leave. Uh, they had a contract with us that they terminated uh, early. Um, it was supposed to run through the following April. And, uh, you know, we were, it was like October. Or actually, no, it was the summertime when this happened. I remember it was over the 4th of July weekend. 
and um, and so uh, we find out, oh hey, uh, we're not we're we're not going to be using you anymore. And um, you, uh, I think I forget when the contract. Yeah, we'll, we're going to end the contract in like September. So of course I was like, oh really? What should what shall we do with our signed agreement that we have? you know, with you and we also, you know, we resell a cloud solution. So there's a reciprocal, you know, cloud solution there. And I said, what do you suggest I do with our, with our office space? You know, it's a little different than when you, when you terminate the receptionist and you walk her out and that's the end of it. Right. Like we actually have physical space. They said, Oh, well, you could stay here uh, through the end of the year. So, you know, I said, there is no way that I have such little respect for myself that I would, that I would stay. So, one thing that I learned is number one, don't react emotionally. I mean, at that moment I was really upset and mad, so I didn't want to make any decisions. So I thought about it. The next day um, I, uh, I let my team know, I said, listen, uh, we are, we're having all hands on meeting. Don't go to the office. We met remotely. So of course everybody else in that space was like, what are they doing? And, and the next day I said, go to the office. That was Thursday. I said, go to the office, like nothing's happened. Friday, by the end of the day, take everything you own. I, if you if you drop the paperclip, pick it up off the floor, and we're done. We're out. And we went remote that Monday. And that Monday, everybody else in that company who was our client, still technically, right, because the you know the relationship was ending, but it wasn't gone. They were like, "What? What happened?" And I felt so good that I was like, "You know what? I'm not going to let any client or any." body hold me back right these are all just temporary setbacks and it's upward and onward and now i lost our office space and um we lost about eight thousand dollars of mrr <clears throat> so you know it's a pretty good chunk of change you know to the negative and i've always believed that you know you just gotta sell your way out of it right you have to have the right attitude and sales seems to cure everything when it comes to business right it's just a math problem at that point i just had a math problem Luckily, you know, I had good MRR, you know, I built the business the right way. We weren't on, we weren't like at the point where if we lost that, we were going out of business or firing people or anything, but you know, it still hurts. It stings, it's revenue and income to you. <clears throat> so, uh, I went out and, uh, all I can say is when I look back on my life, whenever like one door closes, like a window opens and a buddy of mine says, Hey, you should really check out this, this building called Bell Works in Homedale. Uh, he was the mayor of, of the town at the time, and I went to high school with him. And he's like, yeah, you got to check it out. It's really cool. It's like a pretty big, uh, you know, it used to be Bell, a Bell Labs building. It's 2 million square feet. They're revitalized, and it's kind of like, yeah, Metropolis in the suburbs. You've been there before. It's pretty I, it's cool. It's big. It, I didn't know right. it was that big. That's a lot, 2 million square feet. So, so I signed a lease. You know, I'm fast-forwarding here for the interest of time. I signed the lease. So now not only have I lost my 8000 now I'm on the hook for a couple more thousand. <clears throat> And I looked at it and I said, you know, this is an opportunity. Everything happens for a reason. We're going to go there. Uh, we're going to set up shop. And I think this is going to be really good for us because an IT company in this building that's kind of based around IT, um, it would be a good thing. We're the only company that did what we did at the time. And we start picking up all these clients, including the building owner, which is a big win for us. Like you get the guy who, you know, is the owner of the two million square foot building. That's a pretty big, big client to get. Right. <clears throat> And um, it was funny, you know, you talk about the setback. So <clears throat> my um, the payments that I was making, you know, from the divorce ended 
in in December of 2016. I was pretty excited because you know it was it was five years of, of going through that, and I was I was happy I was able to get through it and grow my business. And my dad got sick and died in January of 17. And I remember I was signing the lease. I had to sign the paperwork and I had to go to the hospital. He was in the hospital at the time in, in December 16. And I remember thinking like, man, this is just like, when does this crap end? You know? And I was just thinking like the timing always sucks, but this is life, right? Unfortunately. And I just said, look, you got to just persevere and get through it. And, uh, you know, you rely on other people. Uh, we signed that lease. And um, business has taken off. We had uh, probably our, our two or three best years ever, you know, since then. And ironically, that client a year or two later was looking for space in the building, <clears throat> the one we left. And I was really? like, I wanted to say, no, no, this is you're not, you're not allowed to come here now. This is my building. Like I've I put my flag here. We left. Like you know, and we're you know, look, I, I'm mature. You know, I put things behind me. Um, we'll never work with them again. They did, they did inquire. And I said, no, we'll, we're not interested. And they were surprised. <laughs> awesome. I said, not interested. I'm, I'm not, you know, we, we, we've done this already. We're, it's a healthier relationship now to stay, stay separate. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's life, you know, but selling, um, following our, our process, sometimes you just got to stay the course and realize things happen for a reason and you got to look for the opportunity. And that's, uh, that's where we are today. We've been there for about three years. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it. One thing I remember in a real, real, uh, you know, another lifetime, I, I was involved with some network marketing and I would never, I'll never do it again. It just, just didn't like, yeah, you're, like, that always surprises me. You're not exactly the network marketing type of person. Cause I've met lots and lots and that, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it, but there's a certain type of person who is attracted to it. And, you know, there's right. certain personality type. It's just, you know, well, I'm not saying anything negative, but you're, you're yeah, absolutely not. I got out of it. I, I, so I did this, this was in the early nineties or mid nineties. So it was way different than now. Like we didn't have the internet. So it was really a lot more of that traditional, like, like, I don't want to say cold calling, but it was a lot more about like, you had to actually have the ability to hold a conversation and say, Hey, you know, can I, can I talk to you about, it? you know, and you'd have to like speak about the opportunity or whatever. But here's what that that did for me. It exposed me to Nightingale Conant, who is like the world's leading provider of a lot of those books that are on your shelf behind you, right? So yes. how to win friends and influence people, the magic of, 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 of thinking big, magic of believing and, and on and on and on, the greatest salesman in the world. All those, secret, the uh, Earl, Earl Nightingale, that yeah, was, that's the book. Ogmandino, uh, The Greatest Sales World, just amazing books, timeless classics. It doesn't matter what you're selling. And what it did was it exposed me to that. And it made me realize network marketing wasn't for me. It was an interesting group of people. I have respect for them, but I would never do it again. But um, it, the, the biggest thing that I had learned at the end was they said, the moment that you take a step back, from what you've built and admire is immediately when it starts to erode and goes down. And I always remember that. And I said, you know, if I spent a bunch of time on the sidelines, you know, feeling sorry for myself, not only, you know, hey, did that one client go away, but this client's going to get acquired, right? This client's going to retire and I'm going to see what I've built go down. So I never stopped selling. So even that's, that, that's kind of my lesson that I learned even during like COVID and all this stuff. I never try to stop selling. I'm at a good point in our business, but I never want to sit around because who knows? I could lose some clients because they go out of business, um, right. you know, or, or maybe, you know, maybe they, it's just time to move on from, from 
our MSP, but it's always about, I think, uh, continuing to, to stay the course, you know, there's going to be some potholes along the way. Um, and but you'll get through it. So yeah. anyway, hope there was a lesson there. So there is, it's a great lesson. And Brian says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Brian. That's so is very true. You know, um, it's, it, it really, it's hard when you're in the thick of it. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm a more of an emotional type of person. Like I, I, I have to let it out. I have to like, you know, I have to talk it out. I have to yell it out sometimes. Like I have to really, and Frank knows that because some, he's my sounding board. Like I'll call him up, go, rah, 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 you know, like, and Frank's just like, you know, Frank's like surfer dude, like, oh, dude, it's going to be okay. dude. I don't surf. <laughs> no, but that's, you know, you're not a surfer, but you, you're very like, What's no, I remember you telling me that one day. I remember we were we were traveling and something happened. I mean, it always happens. We go to get on stage, right? And the you know, something blows up in the it's application right at that time. Or, you know, there's a there's it's, it's always the way things happen. It happens to everybody. Remember when Steve Jobs was on stage? I forget he was announcing some Apple and the thing didn't work, or maybe it was Microsoft, but yeah. it was Bill Gates, I think, right? But uh that's just the way it is. You know, sometimes you just gotta you gotta realize you can't control what you can't control. And yeah. I remember you saying to me, you're like you just don't really get that upset about things. You're pretty calm. And I, I, you know, I just learned, I used to get myself really upset and I just learned, you know what, this too shall pass. It'll yeah. get behind it. You know, it works out, you know, I try and do it, you know, and, and I do it. I'm, I'm pretty good about doing it actually, but not even close to on the magnitude that you are, you have it. You just like everything rolls off you. And that's, you know, it's why you're successful. I think there is a lot to that, you know, success, sales is, is, is like probably 95% mindset. You know, if you, if you think you're going to fail, you're going to fail. If you think you're going to succeed, you're going to succeed, you know, and um, it, it's part it's of my job too, you know, so at the MSP, part of my job is the lead, right? If I, if, if by leading, I'm, I'm, you know, crying in my Cheerios and lamenting and, and you know, spewing venom about that, that client and, and all that to the group who looks to me for leadership, um, that, that sends them a message, right? And, and they might start looking elsewhere. Maybe they're like worried, hey, we're going to quit because, you know, maybe things aren't going so well. Meanwhile, I put the pedal to the metal and I get a new office space and these guys are like, wow, this is, this is crazy, you know, and it inspired and motivated them. It was hard for me to, to do it because, you know, the whole time I'm thinking like, yeah, this is a big risk and a lot more money to commit myself to a five-year lease at a time where, you know, we just lost a big client, but sometimes you have to lead that way. And even, you know, in terms of, you know, you come to me with some stuff, if I, if I start saying, oh my God, that's like, and I fuel the fire, where are we going to end up? Right. right. We're both going to be. Sure. We're both gonna sure. Be. So, sometimes you want, like I, I have this, you, man, but I like it. I like to play this game with you to see if I can get you to really break. Like, just go, yeah, you're yeah. done. <laughs> I'll tell you, the only I will tell everybody the only time you you get me to break was when we would travel, and right before I'd go to get on stage, I'd be like, you know, the countdown clock. It's like ten. Nine and I'm like in the zone. I got like my lavalier mic. I'm making sure I'm like my my jacket's straight. And you go, you know what we should have done? And I'm like, <laughs> what? And you tell me like something that you thought of that would have yeah, been great on stage. If, if we did at, at, at that event. And that's just what I'm about to yell at you for doing that. They're like, Frank the Benedetto from Audit. And then all I'm right. like, ah, and I gotta go on stage. And I'm all like, so I, I forbid you right. from ever doing that to me. I remember. Hang on a second. That. We gotta go give ahead. we gotta get some context here. All right, ready for context? Yes, this is fun. Yeah, so no, now go. Frank is fast forwarding to the part where he's there 
and mic'd up and ready for, for, to be on stage. But he's forgetting to tell you that a minute, literally one minute before that, he was in his room. Because Frank likes to come on right from his room, coming on like so. If you were moral of the story is, if you were down there maybe ten minutes early, I could have, you know, we could have talked about it before right. you went on stage. There's a reason why I do this though, is because I like to. Um, I I don't I don't want to be like distracted with stuff. So like I don't want to like come down and then spend you know 25 minutes where someone's asking me like, hey, how do you sell? And I'm all wrapped up i like to be in the zone so i'm in my room you know i kind of i like to be prepared I, you know i've kind of gone through the presentation make sure i know what i'm going to say i come down you know literally you're right i come in hot like literally minutes before micing up before everybody thinks i'm not showing up including you and uh you know i kind of go right on but then you you would be good like for that little like you know what we should have done and i'd be like what and then you, you get me all riled up. So I used to try to, I try to avoid you. Avoid me. Now you let's do some more context because while you were in your room, getting ready, getting yourself psyched up, you were doing what with your smartphone? You were texting me, busting my chops, telling me, oh, I'm not going to come. I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to make it. Well, because yeah. Cause I like to make you look good. Or so I go, yeah, I'm not feeling good. I spilled, uh, I just spilled my, you know, iced tea on my, on my tie or my shirt. Like I don't have anything else to wear. You have to go and fill in for me. And then you had the one time where you really were sick and I didn't believe you. I was laughing at you. Yeah. The, yeah. The one time I wasn't actually not feeling well, you were just laughing and I was turning green, but yeah, it's all in good fun. You know what? Uh, just getting on stage and speaking is, is a lot of fun. You know, you got to get out of your comfort zone if you've never done it. Um, it's a surreal experience <clears throat> when people are, you know, are talking. And uh, it's interesting too how how different rooms will impact. I remember uh, <clears throat> I kind of like the rooms that are like are wider, yeah, than than deep, because I like to kind of walk like left to right. And uh, the few times where we were in rooms that were like deeper, not as skinny, you you feel like you can only talk to the front of the room and the back. It's weird. So different, you know, it's different. Different feels, but uh, I don't know. We're, we're covering a lot of ground here today, aren't we? Yeah, we we veered off track a little bit, but I mean, that was a good story, and and thanks for sharing that. I'm glad I was able to coax you into sharing because I remember, you know, I was with you going through that at the time because I was, I came into audit. Um, you know, we started this in 2016, so I came in shortly after you guys launched. But I had been, I met you just about when you launched audit originally, and um, I knew of you in the year leading up to that, because we were friends, I was friends with your mutual friend, our, our program, the programmer, the original programmer of, of audit. So, you know, I, I got to know you through some interesting times. You know, I saw you go through that divorce and how you dealt with that. And, uh, you know, dealing with, dealing with a lot of different things like that all at once. Um, and then losing that, that business, that, that opportunity, I was like, Oh man, you know, you could have you could have gone a bunch of different ways. You could have gone and found a place that was very similar or smaller, but you made a bold decision and you did. You just decided, you know what, I'm not going to let this, you know, why would I let this bother me? What I can't do anything about it. So I remember uh, <clears throat> the first event we had was in February. We were speaking at ASCII and I remember it was in Houston. And my my head was was spinning i i couldn't even think straight you know my dad had passed away into january and i kept telling you yeah we, when we go to dallas and you're like it's 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 houston i remember you were trying to be nice 
But I think you were really concerned I was going to wind up in Dallas and you guys were going to be in Houston. And uh, I honestly, I, I remember, I remember like getting on stage and I don't remember a lot after that. Like it was just a weird experience, you know, it was sort of like going through the motions. And then I just remember like, I mean, I forget where we were the next month. We had the next event and uh, just remember thinking like, you know, time heals all wounds, no matter what it is. And uh, yeah, we had fun with it. You know, it was a great year. Uh, ASCII group was really good to us. Uh, still good to us. You know, they really, Jerry Katavis could give him uh, some, some credit here. Um, he does a lot of good for, for the MSP industry. And uh, he saw something in uh, in audit, uh, which as a sales tool was uh, something that MSPs were desperately deficient in. And, uh, and there was certainly a lot of interest um, amongst that group in learning how to sell more efficiently and effectively. We know we created a category. Uh, there's, you know, some other tools out there now, which, hey, it's great. You know, the way we look at it is um, anything that's that's good and worthwhile, you're going to invite, I think, some competition. And you know what? <clears throat> it makes the uh, it makes the industry that much better. You know, people drink Coke and people drink Pepsi, right? Which one's better? Who knows? But people drink both. So Coke. So I grew up on Pepsi. So I kind of I don't drink soda any. I don't drink any soda anymore. Yeah, I haven't had soda in probably fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, but uh. Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I just think, you know, just from, uh, I think from a sales perspective, uh, you know, where we started, um, you know, the industry has embraced this type of, uh, of product. And I think it's great. I think more MSPs are selling more easily. And ultimately, the, uh, the businesses that they serve are the ones who are benefiting. So yep. that was my why all along was to elevate the quality of IT available to the SMBs. And hey, whether you use audit or you use somebody else, um, that's what's happening. And that's what the world needs. So Right. And that is a great segue because that's why it's called the Elevating IT podcast. Of course, we do this as a weekly sales wrap every Friday. So if you're listening to the podcast, then uh, tune in on Friday. We do it live on YouTube. We do it live on Facebook. You can uh, grab us there. And Pete says, hey, Mike and Frank. And hey, hey Pete. Gotcha, Pete. Good to see Hi, you. Buddy. Appreciate everybody showing up live. It's always great to have people live. Um, and you know what we'd like to do in the coming weeks? I'm going to start inviting, uh, invited a few people, but it was short notice this week to get somebody on. But uh, we'd like to start bringing on guests. You know, we just finished up and wrapped up going through kind of a nine week, literally nine week um, kind of an analysis of the gap selling book. We capped it off last week. So now we, we, actually like to bring on some guests so that's our that's what we're going to start doing the next couple of weeks so if you're listening to this and you'd like to come on email me i'm mike at auditforit.com and uh thanks for tuning in to the elevating it podcast we'll see you next week thanks everybody have a great weekend